Around sixth grade, most Americans learn about the Great Industrial Revolution. Economies were transformed from agriculture and handcrafts to large-scale factories using machinery with new power sources of water and steam. This is what would be known as the First Industrial Revolution. In the Second Industrial Revolution, we saw major transformation with the use of electricity to power machinery and the creation of mass production. The Third Revolution used electronics and information technology to automate production, telecommunications, robotics, computers, and the internet, known most commonly as the Digital Revolution. Now the Fourth Industrial Revolution is upon us, evolving from the Third at a speed never seen before, a mix of technologies combining the digital, physical, and more. This Revolution 4.0 encompasses an intersection of human and machine. AI, or artificial intelligence, is now being used in everything from 3D printing, banking, autonomous vehicles, and the Internet of Things. This fourth industrial revolution will be able to bring us smart cities, sustainable energy, and create machine-managed smart factories. And while it can be said that 4.0 builds on previous industrial revolutions, the incredible rapid speed at which this innovation is occurring has people skeptic. All revolutions affected great change and transformation. In this case, how society responds and adapts while maintaining humanity through this innovation is yet to be determined. Hey, Max. Hey, Erica. Welcome to episode eight. eight. Yep. Here we are. Tonight, I would love to talk about one of your favorite topics, AI, artificial intelligence. So tonight, could you please... Describe AI in your own words for our listeners. I would love to. It is one of my favorite topics. So it's a software-based learning system that emulates human thought to improve how it interacts. If, for example, you schedule a doctor's appointment by text or talk to your bank's representative, you may already be conversing with an AI system today. What's interesting about AI development and how quickly it's evolved is that the first AI machine to beat a chess world champion was in 1998 by IBM's Deep Blue. So that's why you liked that show I had you watching, The Queen's Gambit. <laughs> exactly. I was waiting the entire show for them to introduce an AI machine, but for unfortunately- For a little while, she kind of looked like she, she might be. She looked like a machine, exactly. Gorgeous, but a machine. Yeah, a, a, a great looking machine. So back to Deep Blue- Earlier systems had actually defeated ranked players, but those players figured out that by doing something as simple as changing the room's temperature by a few degrees, they would break the algorithm and beat the computer. Today's AI systems, by comparison, are much more advanced and adaptive individual systems. And in fact, they did this lab experiment uh, just because it's always fun to do lab experiments with computers oh, yeah. and AI. I know yes. it's one of your favorite it things to do. Is. It is. <laughs> they took two AI systems and let them randomly converse with each other without any human interaction. And what would really happen that was fascinating was after two weeks, these two systems began to regularly talk to each other in a way that could be interpreted as flirting. So they actually had developed personalities and started to interact with each other. So crazy. Max, have you heard of Levotics? 
which is the research no. of human and robot relationships. Okay, I'm going to have to stop you right there because there's <laughs> something a little wrong with that. No, for real. And AI researcher Samani has basically created algorithms for five factors of love by giving the robot artificial hormones like related to emotions such as oxytocin, dopamine, serotonin, endorphins. The robot actually interacts with their human. So they feel. They have feelings <laughs> they now. Do, but they have like outputs. So they're using these outputs. Perhaps they change colors or they tilt their head or they use audio. That's amazing. It's kind of crazy. It actually turns out that while only less than 20% of people surveyed would say they could love a robot, almost 80% of people are open to being loved by a robot. Okay, both of those stats are really troubling. Wait. 20% of the people are okay with being loved by robots and the other 80% are open to it. What does that mean? And what does that say about human-to-human relationships? I mean, how bad was your last relationship that you would rather be loved by a robot? It means you need to stop being on TikTok all day long and actually go outside and meet some no, people. No, I think it's sad. I think that's a sad sign that people would rather be loved by a robot because they've been let down by humans. They, they would rather be loved by something that they can program to make sure that it loves them. That's creepy. That is. So what are common uses today other than what you had already mentioned that people really don't even think about? So probably the most known one is navigation apps. Believe it or not, even your daily commute has some form of AI being utilized to provide that better experience? Yes, but what does that have to do with AI? It actually has everything to do with AI. Think of what a daily commute includes. Any given day, all the factors are changing on your daily commute. There might be an accident that wasn't perceived. They might have a passing thunderstorm, so the weather could have an impact. The red lights, you don't know how many red lights you're going to get stuck in, even though every time I commute, I feel like I'm getting stuck in all of them. But you just don't know that in advance, construction delays or any of that. And what's amazing is when you plug in your destination, it tells you down to the minute when you're going to get there because it's already made all those calculations right. in advance. Yeah, I mean, Waze and other navigation systems are a total game changer. I use them all the time. That's right. And I think we take them for granted. Do you remember when we rented that Jeep in Cancun to drive from our hotel room to the nature preserve with the dolphins that you wanted to swim with? You wanted to swim with them too. No GPS on that scary back road. I'm shocked we weren't actually taken. (laughs) It seems like we have this affinity for convertibles where you just yell at me. (laughs) I don't know if I'd call it yelling. Yeah. You were not happy that we were lost in the jungle. But the dolphins... That was just the, that was the silver lining. It was magical. It was magical. You know, I think people, they hear AI and they think Terminator. The truth is most people probably use a form of AI, like you said, every day. One being Netflix, right? Netflix and Amazon Prime use AI to make special curated media recommendations to users and also to improve streaming quality. Like they recommend what they think you would like to watch next based on what you've previously watched. Absolutely. It's taking all those past movies and shows that you've watched and it's it's almost like they could read your mind. Almost. <laughs> and also Instagram uses AI as well. They figure out what account users like and then display them on their personalized explore page. 
Yeah, I see that almost immediately every time I browse for anything online. And I'll go into Instagram like a quarter of a second later, and it's like, oh, we thought you might be interested in this product. So a very well-tuned AI engine. Yeah, definitely. So what else? So I think some other examples of AI that people probably don't think of is things like airlines. Airlines actually use AI today. Uh, they use it in increasing how they perform customer service. They use AI to perform plane landings, which I know is slightly scary, but it's actually used today. It's almost better. You know, it's almost, you're not just looking at the experience factor, the pilot. You're actually taking all those factors in to provide a better landing experience, a safer landing experience. And the last thing they use it for almost regularly is maintenance and predictive maintenance, knowing in advance when something might fail or needs some form of maintenance. Now, when they're doing maintenance control checks, maybe they could work on the seat controls. Do you remember <laughs> I when- I know where you, this is going. Do you remember when we were on that flight from Vegas yep. and I was seated behind Mike Dyson? Oh, I remember that. And I remember he reclined so far. Like all the way. I, like I almost died. And I, it was so late at night. And I kept saying, I kept trying to tell you, I'm like, Max, Max, <laughs> what should I do? And you just were like, nothing, don't bother him. It's Mike Tyson, it's late at night. That, well, he's like <laughs> twice the size of a, a large seat. And so you, all I could do was really take a picture of him reclining in the seat so that I could show my friends. And then I think he heard me since <laughs> he was like basically in my lap and I was whispering in his ear. <laughs> and then he turned to me and he was like, Oh, I'm so sorry. And he quickly <laughs> like, I'm adjusted. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> he, he, he was so nice. But I was he so was. embarrassed because I really think I like yelled it in his ear. I mean, he was in my lap. But it was an interesting experience. <laughs> Another big area that we've been hearing where AI is used is in autonomous driving and driver safety. Yeah, this is definitely the game changer for the next 10 years. I actually deploy fleet systems today that use in-vehicle cameras that look at the driver's behavior, not just looking outside the vehicle. And they can actually see the driver kind of dropping their head and closing their eyes oh, to, to know that they're falling asleep. And they actually sound an alarm inside the cab, huh. especially for truck drivers. As you know, most of the big accidents on the major highways in the U.S. are by large 18-wheeler trucks. Yeah. So this is a great safety um, sa safety mechanism. Better than just those ridges on the side of the park. Like yeah, that better, you, well, once you're- Not that I know what those now, do, it's, it's a little you, too late. When you hit those, you, it wakes you up. Yeah, that, that wakes you <laughs> up as well. We don't want anybody hitting anything. Uh, the, the, these, these pieces of AI software actually even know, and this was another big area, believe it or not, is when you're looking down and to the right or down and to the left, we know it's a person looking down at their phone. So it's the same thing, especially in company vehicles, like large fleet vehicles. You want to make sure people aren't checking their Instagram or sending text messages. So yeah. we can actually uh, tag that as an alert and actually contact the driver and say, hey, we need you to stop looking down at your phone because it's unsafe. Are you going to text unsafe. them that? 
We, we don't want to text them that because we don't want them to actually keep looking down at their phone. You can just like set like a message through the speaker system of their uh, that, Yeah, frighten them so that they could actually hit those safety guardrails on the side. So yeah, but but it's definitely something that's being utilized today and it's it's providing a much safer experience out on the roadways. So that's that's a really important area where AI is being used in transportation. Another one for me is kind of the future of how we use transportation. There's a taxi company in Arizona that actually has a 100% autonomous driving wow. fleet, which is, a, when you think Arizona about it, it's a little weird, just, but yeah, Ar- like Arizona's awesome. The most progressive state. Smart everything, smart cities, smart, smart city. cars. I mean, that's that's the place to be. Seventh fastest growing city, Arizona. I think, to, in, the, in the country. <laughs> sure, let's go, let's move to Arizona. Um, What was interesting is when I saw a study on it, the only accidents their fleet actually got into when we talk about computers kind of doing a better job was when other cars with human drivers would drive directly into the vehicle. And they record all this because they have video all around the vehicle. So it's really the human error that's been the only cause in the last year for a single accident out of that fleet. So pretty cool stuff. Definitely what we want to implement. I wish I had that system when I met you for a second date. Yeah, would have been a much smoother night. When I I know because I got in an accident and I stayed. I you was did. early, but I did I stayed. You were, that's true love. I mean, can you imagine it would have been like your favorite movie, The Love Affair with Lauren Beatty? <laughs> Where you, no, I'm not even were, sure what movie that is, but go ahead. They were supposed to meet and then she gets in an accident and he doesn't know it and she doesn't show, but she doesn't want him to know that she just didn't show. And I just, I thought you were so cute and I liked you and I didn't want to do that to you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so glad you stayed. <laughs> but I still wish I had an autonomous tech. Me too. Not one of those New York City killers. <laughs> Another great example of AI being used in day-to-day industry is in online banking. There's a person out there that's not a real person that you may have met or may have not met. And her name is Amelia. Amelia. Amelia is actually not a person. It's a lifelike AI engine that converses today with millions of banking customers. So there's a chance we may have spoken to her already. (laughs) So when you're like, representative, representative. Yeah. And they get on there like, hello, can I get your uh, social security? And it's like, it's not a real person. It's not like Sally in Nebraska. It's Amelia. Yeah. And it's, it's really interesting because Amelia really has an advanced style of thinking that's unlike traditional algorithms where it's using all kinds of Uh, different ways of interacting with people. And it's the first one ever in the marketplace where they've completely replaced in some of these banks, all human employees with non-human employees to the point that Amelia's creator, the company that created Amelia, has now started a new concept of a virtual workplace where you can actually hire AI people which are not actually real people based on their skill set, based essentially on their algorithm. Um, AI is even used today, if you want to think about how you interact with a bank, even when you use an ATM machines, many banks actually use facial recognition while you're looking down and putting your pin in. They're matching your facial recognition to prohibit things like fraud at the ATM machine. So it's really being used all over when when you talk about finance and you talk about banking. 
That's very cool. I actually have a fun fact, which is connected to that. <laughs> I love a fun fact. Well, you know that most AI bots are actually female. Siri, Alexa, huh. Cortana, which was developed by Microsoft, Sophia, Amelia, to list some, but obviously because women rule. Obviously. But actually, <laughs> studies have shown that both men and women are attracted more to a woman's voice. That that makes perfect sense for me. <laughs> <laughs> of course, there's also other areas when we start talking about Siri, and which I know you love, and, and other smartphone-based applications. Uh, when we talk about smartphones, facial recognition, the ability to actually unlock your phone in under a second, it's better than a password. It can obviously recognize you in different conditions. I love the facial recognition. It's, I literally it, use it that. Great. That actually has gotten me into things that I've gotten locked out of because I forget my password. That, and you know that's that. <laughs> because I'm like, wait, just give it to me and show me. Let me look, see my face. I, I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah, obviously the whole concept of facial recognition or anything that you can quickly get output out of, in this case, unlocking your phone or getting into sites that require a facial recognition for a password is a game changer. And you need AI because it's so complex. You standing in the sun one day and standing at a store with a lot of shade with maybe wearing a hat and yeah. it knows the difference. Yeah. And that's why you the only thing AI. I have noticed in this during this whole pandemic is the mask definitely gets in the way. I've definitely been places where I have to step away or step outside so I can lower my totally. mask because it it like I can't get in. You know, and your instinct is to hold it up quickly and then and it, the mask is definitely not going to work. And they, and they will fix that. Both Apple when, and Samsung. Why? Because you're saying you think we're never going to not wear a mask? I just think it's it's again, it's about looking for very minute details right. on someone's face and having enough of those details to allow and unlock. Yeah. And, and they'll get it. It's just an algorithm in the end. There's now recruitment firms using AI to conduct the initial interview process. Companies like McDonald's, sure. JP Morgan, Kraft Heinz. If you pass this initial stage, then you actually move on to the next round, which is an interview with a human recruiter. So it's interesting that studies have shown that AI is actually more impartial than humans, but focuses on consistency, which it's pretty crazy that in 2018, I read that Amazon had to get rid of its AI recruitment because it was showing bias against female applicants. That's not good. They said that <laughs> the AI actually taught itself that male candidates were more preferable than women and often more because they had more tech industry experience on their resumes, which is awful. That's what they were looking for. It kind of brings you back to who's setting the algorithms. That, that's exactly what it is. It's like change the temperature in the room by two degrees right. type of thing. Versus... So can you imagine being turned down for a job by a machine? How nuts is that? Yeah, that, that would be ridiculous. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be hired or not hired by a robot because of a failure to meet some skill set on a yeah. resume. You know, it, at the end of the day, when I look at people... Uh, when when I'm looking to to hire someone new, the skill sets are important, and we do like most organizations run things like you know what's their what's their capacity to know how to run certain software that's used every day, whether it's something yeah. as basic as Excel or anything else. But ultimately, I find the best people and the genius doesn't come through on a resume. 
And so an AI engine would have to do a lot more than just going through a skill set to actually be effective at hiring. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. The pandemic has actually increased the demand of using AI with employees off because of COVID and their ability, just like you're saying, like rapid computation and results that are just gained faster. Yeah, it's it's more like process of elimination for me. So I'm not a big fan. And I know there's a lot of AI being used in human resource hiring today just because you're trying to eliminate if everybody applies for every single job, you need an AI engine to say, okay, out of the 200 million resumes, you know, 199 million aren't even meeting kind of the basic minimum requirements, but then there has to be that human factor for it to be effective. I know we've been talking about how AI is being used in industry, but do you think it's being used in the government sector? Absolutely. Uh, It's actually being used in national security today. It's um, used in every aspect of defending our national security. Uh, AI engines actually fight this battle to stop daily viruses and attacks on critical infrastructure. Uh, And they do that by consolidating all the gathered information of threats uh, and all putting it all in one place, processing it, and then taking appropriate action. And that's really where, you know, having this massive amount of information is great, but the ability to, within milliseconds, act on it, be able to make decisions and act on it. That's how we actually keep the country's network safe. Actually, as was explained to me by someone who worked on cybersecurity at the time, during the U.S. presence in Iraq, AI engines were actually used to compile local cell phone data of enemy combatants and identify where they were planning to strike against U.S. troops. AI actually helps the military and law enforcement consolidate and process all this data from multiple data sources like cell phones, uh, the dark web, social media, in order to eliminate danger, not just to respond to an emergency. I mean, that's pretty amazing, but there definitely have to be some drawbacks to AI. Yeah, there are definitely drawbacks. First, it requires a huge amount of processing power and network access uh, to learn in a way similar to human thought. Our brains are actually the most advanced form of computing still on planet Earth today. Um, It's also somewhat influenced, as I think you said earlier, by the input of the programmers, the people programming it, which has obviously created some public concern that it might be developed or might have a race or gender bias, depending on the programmer. And lastly, something that I actually heard from one of the top technologists in AI, and you know, more notably the creator of Siri, a gentleman by the name of Adam Chayer. Um, and he actually told me the fear of the population that no one talks about, but everyone thinks of, is that AI's Skynet from the movie Terminator (laughs) will realize that we're trying to unplug it and defend itself by launching a nuclear attack against humanity. Essentially, the machine is going to realize it presents a threat to humans that created it and outthinks it, resulting in our demise. That's that's what this guy told me. That's great. And then he goes on and says, <laughs> I, I wouldn't, this is what sticks in my brain. I wouldn't worry too much about that though, Max. It's not like we took an AI system 
installed it in our critical national defense network, and connected it to some global internet network. Oh my God. Oh, wait. That's how we finished. <laughs> I didn't sleep for three nights after oh I spoke God. to him. That, that, that's insane. It's it's super scary. Yeah. I mean, that's the scariest thought of it is that AI will exceed human reasoning and intelligence and turn on us. Very true. Oxford University did do a study that shows the most replaceable jobs, some of which include bank tellers, executive assistants, accountants, customer service reps, uh, critical but less skilled. Basically, any task learned job can be replaced by AI. So it's kind of like the first wave of attack is going to be by executive assistants and accountants, apparently, (laughs) against against humanity. I don't know. Although AI will replace many jobs, as predicted, I think it also will be used to provide new jobs. Highly skilled engineers will be needed, and job growth won't necessarily be in spite of AI, but actually through AI. You're absolutely right. And you just made me feel a little bit better. (laughs) And keeping things positive, like all other revolutions, this revolution will increase the quality of life, increase efficiency and productivity, while in some cases, decreasing costs. That's excellent. That I love that. We got to keep it positive, Max. And on that note, I'd like to play a little game of finish this movie line. Are you ready, Max? I'm ready. Okay, so I'm going to say a movie line, well, a partial movie line, and then you have to repeat it with the ending. Okay. All right. And I know you know these. I believe in you. Oh, the pressure. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Keep your friends close. Keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Yes. Yeah. Father. Part two. (laughs) Show me. Show me the money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, kind (laughs) of. It's classified. I could tell you. It's classified. I could tell you, but I'd have to kill you. Yes. Top Gun? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And this, in honor of one of your sons, we often hear this around the house. (laughs) Life moves pretty fast if you don't stop and look around once in a while. Life moves pretty fast if you don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Yes. That was Day Off. I love that movie. You ready? What a great movie. I'm going to make you an offer. (laughs) I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. Yes. (laughs) He is looking at you. He's he's looking at you, babe. (laughs) No. Here's looking. Here's looking at you, kid. Good. (laughs) This one is one of your favorite lines. (laughs) (laughs) A hickey from (laughs) Kanicki. Of what from a what? <laughs> Do that one again. A hickey from Kanicki. <laughs> <laughs> a hickey from Kanicki is like a, like a Hallmark card. <laughs> Grease. <laughs> oh my God. Yo. <laughs> That's it? That's all I get? Yo. Yo, Rocky? Yo, yo, Adrian. Oh my God. I will look for you. I will find you. I will look for you, I will find you, and I will kill you. Yes. (laughs) You actually mentioned the movie earlier. Do you realize that? No. Taken. (laughs) Oh, my God. You're right. E.T. (laughs) Extraterrestrial. E.T. phone. Oh, my God. E.T. phone home. Yes. And the last one. Take me to bed. Take me to bed or lose me forever. forever. Top Gun. And that brings us to (laughs) drinks, deal, delete. This is where I give you three people 
and you tell me who would you like to have drinks with, who would you make a deal with, and who would you just delete? Okay. Reed Hastings, CEO of Netflix, owns about 1% of Netflix, and Ford estimates his fortune to be worth over $5 billion. Will I Am, a.k.a. William Adam from the Black Eyed Peas, founder of the tech company I Am Plus. Originally an e-commerce business, but now specializes in creating AI-powered chatbots that help provide customer service for their many diverse clients. And Aaron Rodgers, three-time MVP, Green Bay Packers quarterback, the latest of many investments added to his portfolio is RX3 Ventures, a venture capital firm providing value through influencers and strategic partners. Wow. These are the three toughest ones I've ever had. Really? I have to start by saying I actually, even as a Giants fan, love Aaron Rodgers. So I'm going to have to have a drink with him. Okay. There's, I, I just can't pass up that opportunity. Um, I'm going to do a deal with the Black Eyed Peas guy. <laughs> will I am? Yeah, will I am. I'm going to yeah. do a deal with him. I think he's like very futuristic. Yeah, he's got a great technology investments that yeah. he's working with. And I do love Netflix, but I don't I don't know that it's it's something I could really get benefit from on the business side. So, unfortunately, I I'm going to go ahead and delete Netflix. <laughs> See you later, Netflix. <laughs> so, Max, to finish on a high note, in the words of the late Stephen Hawkins, I just want to say that the rise of AI will either be the best or the worst thing that ever happens to humanity. Well, that's a wrap. If you have any questions or things you'd like to hear on our next podcast, please email us at techieandthebond at gmail.com. Please follow us on Instagram and coming soon, techieandtheblonde.com. Check it out. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Please follow and subscribe. Oh, yeah.